This is episode two. I'm sitting across the table from the talented Christian Fairlove. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So for the sake of transparency, we are strangers. <laughs> I reached out to you on Instagram. Yes. And thankfully, you agreed to come to my house and do this interview. So again, thank you so much for taking that leap of faith with of me. Um, so because we are strangers, I would love to get a little bio on who Christian is. Well, uh, I'm Christian Fairlove. Mm-hmm. I'm 31 years old. I'm, I'm rushing it. I'll be 31 in June. Oh, okay. Um, but I always say each year is a gift, so I claim I claim it before it gets here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm 31 years old. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, but I've been in uh, South Carolina for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm a military spouse. Uh, my husband is in the Navy, and I am a I would say a banker by day and a drag queen by night. But now the Banking has actually taken a backseat, <laughs> yeah. so taken a dive into following my dreams of uh, being a chef. Mm-hmm. So that's that's me in a nutshell. So you're quite the jack of trades, master of none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always like to start with this first question of your earliest memory of music to kind of start the conversation. December second, nineteen ninety. That is very specific. Yes. December 2nd, <laughs> 1990, Mariah Carey, Vision of Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the debut of that song, or the first time I heard that song. And my mom said that I was running around the house in a pull-up singing that song. Oh and uh, to this day, Mariah Carey is still my favorite artist uh, and always will be. So, mm-hmm. um, But that's where it started. And I absolutely love that song. That song will always hold a special place. I mean, that's like, I think her best album of all times. I mean, I'm partial to Butterfly just because. (laughs) Right. That was a good year for Mariah. It's good. Yeah. Um, So because of that, um, for that particular love of music, I want to ask if you, because I know by night you are a drag queen. Melody Lucas. Melody Lucas. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I've never seen you perform, which we will change. Have you done any Mariah performances? Oh, all the time. All the time. Is that your go-to? Actually, no. It's sadly in the drag business. It is still the club setting, so there's a need to. It's kind of like the '80s. Everybody wants to dance. Okay. So, and unless I'm doing a Mariah Carey dance mix, which of course. When I do my impersonations, Mariah Carey does not dance. So oh. I, out of respect for my love of her art form, I would not do a Mariah Carey song with dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one artist that I won't change up her method. So I would have on a gown with the microphone, the microphone stand, the fan blowing the hair, the butterfly mm-hmm. ring, yes. doing the ballads. But I even take it a step further where I will lip sync to a live version of her performances so that way I'm giving the audience kind of the feeling like they're at a concert mm-hmm. so I've done that now with a lot of songs but when I'm doing her specifically I have to do it that way but any other artist I can just do any any way I choose at that time but with her I feel like that's that's sacred <laughs> no and I, I love that um so you mentioned though and for anyone that's listening to this recording um and for myself 
um, just so I'm educated. So you're talking about the drag scene, drag scene as a business, and yes. so what exactly does that mean? Like, does that influence the type of songs that you pick or the types of routines that you do? Um, exactly. What is that? All of the above, because okay. depending on the club, depending on the city, depending on the people, it's going to make a difference in what you're performing. Mm -hmm. uh, I know after performing in New England. Um, performing at some of the Latin clubs, a lot of the patrons are Latin and they want to hear Latin music or Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> everyone but, wants to hear Beyonce. <laughs> uh, but it's, I notice, I'll test the waters and I've noticed the difference from the nights where I'll perform Selena or Celia mm. Cruz or JLo versus when I bring Erica Badu or Jill Scott. You have to marketing 101 know your audience mm -hmm. so uh, because of course drag is very expensive and of course the clubs and bars don't always pay the most you rely on those tips and you only get those tips if you appeal to the audience mm -hmm. so you kind of have to do your research before you dive in so usually I visit clubs that I intend on performing at before I perform there mm. so that way I can see what I'm getting into beforehand because that helps me only uh, enhance my performance so what is the drag scene like in Charleston for and again I've been to Dudley's and I went we were just talking about the Pantheon which was amazing spot um what is what's the scene of Char of Charleston's drag well it's not the same anymore mm -hmm. uh, I started doing drag in 2010 2011 mm -hmm. so the drag scene has also changed greatly due to uh, the popularity of RuPaul's Drag Race and other shows that have followed but in 2010 2011 they were only on season one maybe season two mm -hmm. so the it hadn't really caught on yet so drag was still not necessarily cookie cutter but in the south you had your southern i call it the southern decadence drag you <laughs> have your southern pageant queens mm -hmm. uh, you have your queens with the gowns everything is shiny everything's big over the top lavish vegas showgirl like that's how it has to be mm -hmm. uh, which was a huge culture shock when I went up north because in New England the drag scene was not like that at all mm -hmm. it was very artistic very avant-garde very uh, painted bald heads and oh, beards yeah. and glitter on the face and um, gluing other things to your face and body and sometimes you'd see shows where there's no one that's shiny whatsoever mm -hmm. uh, so it was a complete eye-opener but also me coming there with my drag was an eye-opener to them because they had not seen my drag mm -hmm. so it wasn't what they were used to so it was something new on both sides but here now coming back from new england drag has definitely taken a turn and a lot of people are a lot braver now to take risks and jump into other artistic approaches to drag which i think is amazing because mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see the same thing over and over. So seeing something new is definitely a breath of fresh air. But that also gives something for everyone. Uh, so that way you're not just having one crowd come out. Exactly. So also, for the individuals that may be new to the drag, drag scene or attending drag shows, um, are there any sort of like guidelines or rules of etiquette that may be... Straight females, straight males, gay males, 
gay females, if someone's coming out to a drag show for the first time, are there any sort of guidelines that we just need to be aware of or keep in mind? <laughs> You're thinking, uh, I can see the, the wheels, wheels spinning. Are, the wheels are turning. <laughs> well, and I can give you an well, example. I would actually say, well, there are a few cardinal rules. Okay. And rule number one, I'll just say these are not necessarily in any order of okay. importance. But rule number one, you have to tip your queens. Yes. That's important. It's just like tipping your servers. They're providing a service. They're providing a show. And... Of course, the bars and clubs should pay for the talent that they are utilizing. However, tipping is also a part of that. Mm -hmm. So tip your queens, tip your queens, tip your queens. Yes. It is important. Even if it's just a dollar, it's still something Mm -hmm. to let the queen know what they're doing. But then also a lot of queens will then put that back into their drag or for some it's their livelihood. It's what they live off of. It's how they pay their bills. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Bring number two, cash. Yes, Got bring it. cash. And most bars are very good about either swiping your card and then giving you the cash. Oh, God. Uh, so if you say, hey, will you swipe my card for $10 and give me 10 ones? A lot of places will do that. Some have rules against that. Or some places will take money from the bartender's tip jar and you just add it back to your tip when you Mm -hmm. close out your bar tab so then it's an even trade Um, there's always a way and then of course there are bars that have ATMs or there's an ATM nearby Mm -hmm. and of course we're in 2019 a lot of queens now have on the screen their Vimeo (laughs) and their PayPal and Cash App I've never gone that far but hey do what you do if that works go for it Um, but then people will transfer money via apps um, which I'm surprised there's not a drag queen tipping app but uh, um, we might need hello, to get, business we, we idea. Need to create that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so that's number one. That's number one. Okay. Number two is don't okay. touch the queens unless it's invited. Mm-hmm. Now this is a huge double-edged sword slash double standard because the queens a lot of times will interact with the crowd and sometimes you'll see a queen come up and touch someone's face or they'll grab someone's arm or even something else like a chest or Mm -hmm. something but a lot of times people don't realize that the queens have on costumes and some of these costumes are held on with duct tape and safety pins and I can't tell you how many times someone has gone to put a dollar in my bra and I do not have real breasts so mm-hmm. this is all fake and then I've gotten stabbed with a safety pin oh, or no. uh, the tape comes undone yeah. or even the costume comes apart so and that ruins the illusion sometimes mm-hmm. so sometimes you, you aren't aware of what's holding the costume together or you also might touch them and get makeup on you or some drag queens cover their tattoos you might rub off their tattoo cover-up makeup Uh, So there's a lot of different factors in that. It's just like if you go to a concert and you're seeing a person perform on stage, you might get a graze of their hand, but you're really not going to touch anything else. Mm -hmm. You should have bodyguards keeping you from doing that. That's another important rule. Mm -hmm. Um, And then rule number three, unless you are recording or live streaming, being on your phone while you're there front row is very disrespectful because there's someone behind you who probably want a closer look at the show Mm -hmm. and you're blocking that for them 
uh, or from them, I should say. And uh, that's really important, too. So you want to either give your attention or move to another area if you have something that you need to handle on your phone. Because, of course, we are in the social media age, mm -hmm. and you'll never know if someone's on their phone taking a video or a picture or whatnot. But there are some people who are not, who are just not paying attention to the show. That's fine. You're not required to pay attention to the show. Just go sit at the bar. Like, exactly. you don't need to be front row and take that space from someone else. Right. I'd say those are the top three rules that I can think of. Okay. It's, uh, no, I think that's great. I think that that's a really good to just kind of know. And just from my personal experiences of always going, um, you know, I, I'm a straight white woman. Um, and I want to honor the craft that I'm there for and have a good time. But again, like I don't, may not necessarily know the rules. My friends may not necessarily know the guidelines or rules. And so it's just kind of nice to just know when you're going in, like it's a respect factor and you're there for a show and you just like you said, like a concert, if you pay money and you're there for the show, why would you be on your phone or not paying attention? So those are just good things to kind of keep in mind for people. Yeah. Um, so you did mention Mariah Carey, that you have done her several times. Um, but do you have a go-to performance song or things that you look for in a performance song? I know you mentioned dance, tunes, but is there something that you just gravitate towards? That's an ever-changing okay. uh, thing for me. It's one big thing. I always aim for something new, mm -hmm. not necessarily a new song, that's uh, something that just came out, but something that I have not performed for, for before. Uh, because once again, we are in the age of social media and I am in the habit of recording every performance that I do. Mm -hmm. So I have a YouTube channel with all of those videos. And the one thing I don't want to do is to have such a repetitive nature uh, to where people are seeing the same thing for me over and over. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of times if I do a performance more than once, I'm going to change the costume. I also edit my own music, so I'm going to change the mix. I'm going to add other things to it. So I've actually bought like my DJ stuff so that I can nice. mix my own music. Um, because a lot of times you can buy mixes from other people, but it's not always the way you want it. And if you want something done right. <laughs> you got to do it yourself. So I always try to aim for something new. Because when people are watching what you're doing, they pay attention to those details. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to ever fall into predictability. So that's something I always want to avoid. But one thing I definitely look for now, any song that I want to perform, I try and find a live recording of okay. that performance. Mm -hmm. And then I get on my computer and I'll rip the audio, I'll enhance the audio, so that way I can usually perform that so that way it almost makes the audience feel like they're at a concert. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they forget that you're a drag queen or that you're lip syncing. And it kind of takes them into the performance with you. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more fun that way. And then not many other performers do that. So then I'll add in the microphone or even a headset microphone or something. Yeah. That extra element, even though I'm not really singing, it's not tied yeah. to a pack. <laughs> it's all a part of the illusion. So mm -hmm. it's taking the illusion a step further. But then... Um, I would say a go-to song would be, uh, actually, because the name is Melody, uh, Mr. Melody by Natalie Cole. Uh, okay. Because it's, it's perfect, Mr. Melody. Yeah. So it's, it's the perfect song. And actually, uh, a legendary drag queen, uh, Brooke Collins, who's a local queen, she 
uh, is the one who turned me on to that song. Because mm-hmm. whenever I'd come into the dressing room, she'd say, hey, Mr. Melody. And I was <laughs> like, why do you say my name like that? She's like, you never heard that song? And I listened to it, and I love it. So now I that's one song that I have repeated a lot because it's sort of like a theme song yeah. for Melody. So it works. That's perfect. Yeah. How many times do you practice normally before a performance? Surprisingly, not many. Okay. At all. <laughs> um, the only thing I practice are usually the words. I'll usually listen to the songs in the car. Uh, like I have a show coming up on the 15th of this month, uh, and then I have a show next month as well. So I have all the songs I'm doing for both of those shows in a single playlist mm-hmm. in my car, and I just listen to those on a loop. Okay. So one thing I always say, instead of necessarily reading the lyrics first, I will listen to the songs on repeat okay. in a loop of all the different songs. And then before a few times of listening, I'm starting to sing along, mm-hmm. and naturally singing along to the songs. Or even I'll put on my headphones when I'm in the gym and listen to those songs. And then I'm also at the gym, I'm moving. So I'm also not really practicing, but I'm in that moment of the song with movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes if it's a specific thing, like I did a Janet Jackson medley for last year's Pride. And Janet Jackson has very distinct dances and moves, which I'm very familiar with. But I wanted to make sure that I do it justice. So mm-hmm. I will at least put on the costume look in the mirror, do a couple of moves here and there, but unless I'm doing something with dancers, I don't usually have uh, a rehearsal of sorts or mm-hmm. practice. Uh, I work better usually off the cuff okay. as long as I know the words. If I don't know the words, I'm not going to perform it. <laughs> so No, that's awesome. And actually, I watched, that's an eight-minute video. I <laughs> As I was doing my research, I was like, what is this eight-minute video? And I watched the whole thing, and you killed it like fun. the whole moves and everything and so yeah. i mean i'll i'll link i'll link it on the blog post so everyone can watch that video but that was really I, amazing it, it, the funny part for me is when i rewatch it i'm just like i'm a 300 plus pound man in heels and this janet jackson tight outfit dancing in the hair but it's almost like once that music starts uh, i lose myself in mm-hmm. in that moment so a lot of times it's over so quickly uh, but yeah, I didn't realize it was eight minutes long. Oh, Sometimes <laughs> I do. Some clubs and bars and venues will put a time limit on your music. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing here, before I left, it was usually five minutes, maybe six minutes max. Mm-hmm. Moving to New England, they wanted two minutes, Ooh. three minutes. Uh, but then you had like 15 performers mm. or so, so you wanted to cut that down. Uh, but then there are some places that give you no time limit. So then they have what they call marathon drag. Like I've done, I did Beyonce's full 17-minute VMA performance at what? A, a club in Hartford. And the, well, because one of the queens actually didn't show. Mm-hmm. And we needed to fill the time slot. Yeah. I just happened to have that on my USB drive. And you just happened to and know. I told the bar owner, I said, I'm going to do this full performance. I have the moves out of the words i have the outfit i'm gonna do it and he said go for it and it was crazy because the audience was just lost in that performance but then once i was done i was just ready to go lay down yeah <laughs> i mean uh, i mean beyonce trains for that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. she's she's up there doing it uh day in and day out but once again i'm a large man in heels doing this with a corset and everything else on <laughs> and i can't really breathe but i mean 
They say if you're not breathing, you're doing something right. So. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're going to jump over because you are drag queen by night. Yes. Or performer by night. And you said banker by day, but you also are a chef yes, by day. I am. Um, and so one of the main reasons I really wanted to talk to you is that music is such an important part of a, being a performer, but also I think in the culinary world, especially in restaurants, having the perfect music, when you're creating things in the kitchen, I feel like music is always such an important factor that's happening in the background um, and can almost be an influence to what you create in the kitchen. And so that kind of segues into what are some of the favorite songs and the type of music that you listen to when you're uh, creating in the kitchen? Well, actually, I'll, I'll mention one more thing about okay. the drag that kind of ties into this. Okay. Um, so one of the other pieces of performing, I listen to the songs over and over, not just for the words, mm -hmm. but I listen for sound effects. I listen for what the words actually are so then my hand motions or interacting with the crowd it matches what they're saying on the song like if it says call me in the song i put the little hand signal of a phone next to my face it creates that lyric in a visible sense mm -hmm. but also sometimes there's like a, a pow or something in the mm -hmm. song and i'll open my eyes at that point or something so it enhances that but it layers itself like a recipe mm. and i always say that that's when you're cooking you have a recipe that you follow same thing with songs you have so many pieces and so many layers that make up a song and a lot of times we take that for granted because we listen to the song and then we move on to the next but there are so many other pieces and parts of a song uh, which is how Melody got her name because I always say Melody you can't have a song without a melody mm -hmm. when someone's humming something that's stuck in their head it's the melody it's what they never forget so that's uh it's a it's a big important thing but then depending on what I'm making mm -hmm. will depend on what I'm cooking okay. or sorry what I'm cooking will depend on what I listen to okay so a lot of times if I'm cooking for a party I will have the upbeat party music if I'm just cooking for myself and my husband sometimes I'll put on something softer or sometimes I don't even need the words I just want something instrumental and there are some songs where I will find an instrumental version of the song uh, and sometimes they don't have it available, so then I will download the karaoke version, okay. and then I'll put it on my software and enhance the instruments so that way it sounds like the uh, real version and yeah. not the karaoke version. But uh, in the kitchen, usually I have something playing. I have to have something playing, mm -hmm. so uh, I can't start cooking without it. So usually I'll put my like Alexa play. <laughs> play this and that yeah so, uh one of my favorite songs to cook to right now oh okay. <laughs> sorry I... and sorry we just we just woke up my alexa in my house <laughs> <laughs> you know she's always listening of course hey <laughs> I... oh wait oh, there we she go. Just started she's playing. got music playing Hold on. <laughs> alexa stop the music oh that's so embarrassing <laughs> Oh, that was so you couldn't have timed that perfectly. <laughs> I love it. But um, there's a song by Meyer Hawthorne called Breakfast in Bed. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that song for some reason. It's very, it's it's fun, but it's like a very softer song. Mm -hmm. But it just puts me in a, a really somber mood. Mm -hmm. But it puts me in a good mood. And a lot of times I love being in a good mood when I cook. Yeah. Um, because then it really, uh, you can tell almost like um, 
when they say you cook with love, I always say you cook with your emotions, mm. no matter what emotion you're feeling. So there are times like I'll where I'm not in a good mood or I'm angry about something and the food is really spicy and it Ooh. kicks. But uh, it, my husband always says that he can tell by whatever I make what my mood was at the time. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, when you are making something special for your husband, and what is your husband's name? Michael. Michael. Yeah. When you're making something for Michael, like what – does he have a favorite dish or is there like a specific dish that you make that's kind of like you're I love you and I'm thinking of you so I made this oh <laughs> I I tell you it's funny I'll make lamb wellington I'll do braised short ribs shrimp and grits I'll do all of these intricate dishes mm-hmm. and he wants chicken tenders and fries okay he is, <laughs> he's he's from Amish country Pennsylvania mm. so he's from a very small town uh and it's always funny. The first meal I ever made for him was shrimp and grits, and he mm. had never had grits before, so that was fun, and he absolutely loved it. Um, but he also loves mac and cheese, mm-hmm. and I make so many different variations of mac and cheese, and he loves every single one of them, uh, except uh, when I make buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Oh my he gosh! He says sometimes I make it too spicy, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's I, I like spicy food. So, mm-hmm. um, but. He really loves the basics. He's not mm-hmm. he's not as complicated as I am. Well, um, that's okay. Different so palates for different people. Yeah, it's funny because we'll go out to eat places and he will order chicken tenders and <laughs> fries. And we're all ordering seafood from a seafood restaurant. Mm. Did you really just order a burger at a steak place? Like, come on. But that's, that's okay. That's who he is. So, so fr- from the performing and the cooking – you have a relationship with music and music plays a role in your life and if you are able to define that how would you define your relationship with music i would say my relationship with music is not only infinite Mm -hmm. but it's unconditional Mm. Uh, and the reason i say that is because music is ever-changing but music is always there. So even though there's always new music coming out, you can always go back to, dare I say it, the oldies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone said the other day, they, uh, it was a song by, um, it was a song by Salt and Pepper, and uh, this kid, he said, oh, that's old school, and it really hurt my heart. <gasps> oh, but then again, I'm, I, I think about it, and I'm just like, well, I'm in my 30s now, yeah. so the 90s music is technically the Oldie. new generation's oldies. Yeah. So, but then I still listen to the oldies that I grew up with mm-hmm. from my mother's generation. So, those are the, the old oldies. Um, like what? What did you listen to? My mom's from Detroit, so mm-hmm. Motown Ooh. all the time. Mm-hmm. Motown, everything Motown. If it's not <laughs> Motown; it's gospel. So it's it's always the two of those. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely became the rebel and started exploring other things and my brother and i were both music buffs like we used to turn this uh music video thing called the box yeah uh, back when they still had trl and mtv actually played music videos that's old school (laughs) (laughs) we would actually call in and request music videos Mm -hmm. on the box 
and they would actually play all these different songs but we listen to country and rock and pop and it's funny because you'll ask someone someone gets in your car like what do you want to listen to and they say they listen to everything but then you put on something and they're like oh country or mm. and it's like okay i literally listen to everything like if i put my phone on shuffle you'll hear a song by garth brooks but then you'll hear a song by Shirley Caesar, who's a gospel artist, mm-hmm. and you'll hear something by Beyonce, then you'll hear uh, Screamo from Chiodos, and yeah. then you'll hear something else, So uh, and then you hear reggae, so I have literally every genre, whether it's classical, opera, indie, rock, alternative, rap, hip-hop, and it's, it's fun, because depending on my mood, depends on what I put on, mm-hmm. or the days when I'm just feeling open and free, I hit shuffle and mm-hmm. see what pops up. So, but that's also why it's infinite yeah. because music, music has no limitations. And it's perfect. Yeah. I love, that is such a perfect way to put it. And it's, I feel like that's such a hard question when I ask people that and I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, but I just, I always like to hear everyone's different answers. And I feel like that is such a perfectly, like perfect way to put it. Um, so the, and this is my last question, and I asked this last in my previous episode when I was talking to Brooke Ryan um, about your entrance song for life, um, and that's your walkout song. Um, that is your I'm leaving the house and I'm on stage, and this is the song that kind of announces you when you've entered into whatever room, whatever place, um, and I know you were thinking on it, so I don't know if you had one to so. share. I will say for Melody, it would be Mr. Melody by Natalie Cole. Perfect. Definitely. Okay. That's my, my one for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Christian, I would say there are three. Okay. So the first one is a little softer. It's uh, Home from the original Broadway cast mm-hmm. of The Wiz by Stephanie Mills. I, I love that song. I love and that you know, movie. That song is so short. It's, it's, some, it's a song that pops on, and I'm just like, this is, this is me, because when I think of Home... I think of a place that I won't go through the lyrics, but that's it's it's such an appropriate song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second song, I would say, would be Mariah Carey "Fantasy," mm. and either the regular version or the remix. Okay, we'll take both. <laughs> we'll take both of those. Okay. Uh, and then, lastly, I would say "Unity" by Queen Latifah. Mm. That's, that's yeah. Another one. So. And yeah, that's, that's a good choice. Yeah, well, and you can always change them. Yep, you always. Know? And I, I feel like they have, they have changed throughout throughout time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, especially the older I get, uh, those definitely change. That's awesome. Well, um, this brings us to the end. So, if people want to follow you, find you, go see you perform. You said you have a performance this month, the fifteenth, yes. I believe. How can people find you? How can we come see you perform? The easiest way to find me, you can either go to www.melodylucas.com. And that's M-E-L-O-D-Y, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S.com. And on melodylucas.com, each tab has information on where to find all of my social media. I have a Twitter, Miss Melody Lucas, a Twitter. I have Instagram, the Lucas brand. I also have Christian Fairlove on Instagram. And I also, um, one thing we didn't mention, I'm also a painter. I have my <gasps> my art Instagram also, which is Melodacity Artistry. Oh my gosh. Uh, and 
Uh, so I have those, uh, but all of those links are on melodylucas.com, including my YouTube channel as well, which mm -hmm. has pretty much every performance I've ever done. Uh, a lot of times for copyright, they take down my videos, oh. but then I just find a way around it and put it back up. <laughs> 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 so, but um, I always post when my shows are coming up on all social media platforms, uh, including Facebook as well. Uh, so they're always up to date, and I'm always updating the website as well uh, to keep that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, now that you mentioned that you are a painter, we're going to have to back up, and I'm going to yeah. have to ask you. <gasps> or we don't have to talk about no, it. No, go but, ahead. No, that's great. Um, <laughs> and I had no idea. So my research and my online stalking has failed me, <laughs> and I, I clearly did not explore all of your website. Like, I got stuck at your Dear Gay People series. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Which... I loved. I watched all of them. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of really great messages. And also, too, I really like looking at all your different outfits that you did. That with was the fun part. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that, that actually, I took a page from Mariah Carey's book. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wrote, produced, filmed, edited, and designed all of those videos. Oh, wow. I, I actually sat there, and I, I picked a topic. I wrote my scripts. I actually had a little teleprompter in front of my camera to read everything off. Mm -hmm. um, I went through and just picked each outfit for each each talk, and I recorded it like a series. I recorded 17 of the 23 episodes oh all at gosh. once in one day. Oh but then as we went through time, there was um, the issue that came on that um, transgender individuals couldn't be in the military. Mm -hmm. So then I went and recorded a video for that and just inserted it in there in the middle. So I had each video on my YouTube channel set to private. So then every Monday, the Melody Moment Mondays, mm -hmm. I would just make the next video available. Mm -hmm. So then I could just go through and do that. And it was so much fun. And I started working on season two uh, to keep keep it going. Yeah. But I wanted, that's why I wanted to become a drag queen because I felt like people listen to drag queens. Drag queens have that voice and that platform and it's like when you see a drag queen you your attention is piqued mm -hmm. and you start to listen but i said instead of taking the popular road of shade or the fun stuff i wanted to take a little serious note but also make it interesting mm -hmm. and we're in the social media age. Everyone's attention span is about 60 seconds. That's why every video is 60 seconds long. Perfect. Um, I have a couple that go a little bit longer, but that's only like two or three of those. But everything is 60 seconds. You get your message, and you can rewatch it, and that way I can post it everywhere also. Mm -hmm. So that was a really fun project to work on. So you mentioned that you think people really pay attention more to drag queens. Yes. And why do you think that is? I feel like it's almost like the fairy tale of it all. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid at Disney World and you see the princess walking by with that gown and the crown and everything on, it's like your eyes open wide. But I feel like a child's Disney princess is an adult's drag queen. I love that. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't mean to take no, us away okay. from the conversation because no, okay. we are going to talk about your artwork just real quick yeah. or whatever you want to share. Yeah, um, so tell us about your art. What kind of art do you do? Or? So it's funny. I, I do a lot of abstract acrylic uh -huh. uh, paintings. Uh, so usually I take canvases and then I just go crazy uh, with them. And mm -hmm. I, I have those on my uh, 
it's called melodacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I define melodacity as the audacity to be authentically, mm-hmm. sorry, unapod- unapologetically authentic. So I'm unapologetically melody. Mm. So I never apologize for that. But the one thing I am known for is the way I do my makeup. Mm-hmm. And the makeup is painting. So there was a day where I was taking my makeup off and I took one of my canvases and I pressed it up against my face. And that imprint that it left and I smeared it and then actually started creating more artwork. Because I used to paint when I was younger, mm-hmm. but then I stopped. But doing Melody again, or do, starting Melody actually brought back the... Um, thrill of painting yeah i i feel like i have uh like your jack of all trades like you said yeah i I have so many different outlets where i put things because i don't feel like you should limit yourself Mm -hmm. because i i also write poetry i've been writing (gasps) i i I used to do the uh neo soul sundays with courtney the poet i've done some of those poetry readings um i have some of my poetry on my youtube channel as well Mm -hmm. but um it's funny because i just you know what i'm in the mood to write poetry uh, I'm in the mood to create some music. I'm in the mood to paint. I'm in the mood to do drag. No one said that you can't do anything you want to do. Mm. You get one life. So when you get to the end, the things you didn't try was a waste. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, my gosh. I just want to, like, hug you. I'm like, <laughs> I need you to go everywhere with me where I'm like, oh, my God, I need some sort of, like, guiding force. I just need to call Christian to be like, oh, my gosh, I need you to, like, lay some wisdom down you know I just say do the unexpected it's I mean when when life gives you lemons make grape juice and then sit back and watch the world wonder how you did it so I wanted to ask you about that quote (laughs) 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 so you said that you made that up and I and you close out all of your YouTube um, videos with that quote and I as I was watching all of them I'm like oh my gosh I love this quote I want to know where did it come from? How did it come about? So when I was, I, I'm a product of foster care. So mm-hmm. when I was in foster care, one of the homes I was at, uh, I went to school one day and there was this girl and uh, she she just kind of shrugged and she says, eh, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And I was just like, you know what? Why don't you make something else? And she looked at me uh, completely serious. Uh, her name was Tiffany. I remember that part. She, <laughs> she's like, what else can you make from lemons? And then, of course, this guy in the classroom said, um, lemon meringue pie, and someone else said something else. And I was like, you know what? Just make some, some fruit punch or some grape juice or something else. And then you don't have to tell anybody how you did it. Just let them wonder how you did it. Yeah. And I just kind of ran with it from there. Uh, but uh, it was funny because later on, I was probably 14 or 15, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I ever said that. But then... Um, I I googled it and it was funny uh, someone else has that quote out there mm. so I don't know if I subliminally heard it from somewhere but yeah. I just remember that moment I was just like you know what just make grape juice but also I love grape juice yeah so and that stops people because I have it tattooed on my arm mm-hmm. but most people when I roll up my sleeves halfway they only see the word grape juice and they <laughs> want to know what's tattooed on my arm yeah so then I always tell them it's do the unexpected because we're expected as people to do certain things. Like as a black man, I'm expected to do certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm expected to be a certain way. As a gay man, I'm expected to be a certain way. As a drag queen, I'm supposed to be a certain way. As a military spouse, I'm supposed to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I say none of that is true because this is 
my story this is my world this is my rules because at the end of it do I want to say that I followed my path or someone else's so I want to do the unexpected I want to keep people guessing and like I said earlier I don't want to become predictable Mm -hmm. I don't want to fall into stereotypes I want to make grape juice but you I'm just going to sit here and watch you wonder how I did it so (laughs) oh my god I love that (laughs) so I feel like that's how we should end it. Like, I don't want to stop talking, but now I'm like, everything you just said was so perfect. I'm like, and I feel like this, that was the end. That was like the perfect closing. Thank so you. thank you so much for being here. Of I course. really appreciate thank it. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. So thank you so much.